And am I allowed to curse or not? Absolutely. Okay, fine. Absolutely. Fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, Wonderful. everything. I have kind of like, what do they call it? Like a sailor's mouth? Or like I cuss like a sailor? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I curse like a sailor, but I only do that for like comic yeah. reasons. I don't cuss when I'm mad. I cuss when I'm joking. I'm both. <laughs> I just do it all the time. Mm. I yeah. started saying fuck lately when I'm mad, Ooh. and it does feel good. I know, bad girl, Ooh. bad girl era, because most times I'll just try to laugh it off. It's probably some deep-ridden trauma, and I'm like, I'll just try to laugh it off, whatever, but, like, I hit my hand the other day on the door yeah. and it fucking hurt, and I was just like, fuck! And I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm the same. But, like, everything is effing this or effing that. Like, I'm just getting the fucking train. <laughs> it's literally like, doesn't even, I'm not even angry. No, the train is like, now what did I do? Yeah. Now what did I do to I know, you? that poor train. Yeah, my father's always like, you need to fix your language. I'm like, girl. Um, I'm... no. Yeah, he thinks I'm like, when I was back at my corporate job, he think I'd be talking to my like execs and shit the way I talk to like my girls. I'm like, yeah. no, I know how to code switch, mama. I'm a fucking queer Egyptian male in the United States. Yeah. I know how to code switch, girl. It's not going to be like you effing and jeffing in front of your boss like constantly no exactly i i've not had like a normal job for such a long time that i don't have any authority figures in my life so i feel like that's probably why i just sweat all the time <laughs> like beautiful yeah I when know. did you get rid of having authority figures in life when it comes to um jobs <clears throat> my last job i say job but like with a pay slip was um 20 19, I think. I was working as a receptionist at a well-known members club of which there are many branches in New York and London and uh, all around. Mm. Um, yeah, I was working there as a receptionist and it was a bit weird because obviously I'd been working as a writer for a really long time. So you'd get all these musicians coming in and they'd be like, what are you doing behind the reception desk? And I'd be like, earning money? Like, what else do you think I'm doing? Exactly. <laughs> um, but it w that was quite difficult because it was like towards the end of my time in London and rent was really expensive. I kind of had stopped doing any kind of music. Um, my relationship was like falling apart. It was just like time to leave, I think. And then that's when I wrote my first album. But I pretty much left my job, left London, left my ex, left our house, left everything. and. Yeah, I would love a part-time job. I think it'd be really nice, like once a week. A part-time job is kind of cute. Yeah. A part-time job is really lovely, or like even two part-time jobs, and it could kind of like, yeah. earning-wise, it could be full-time. <clears throat> like a little steady income. Yes. Because everything I do is like really dependent on me having to really work at it. Mm. But like if I worked, you know, if I just had a steady income, that'd be really nice. I could have nice things. I know. I <laughs> Sometimes I ask myself, I'm like, I have a lot of friends that are in IT and everything, and they're always traveling, pressing buttons on a laptop and making so much money. Yeah. And I'm like, I've asked them, I'm like, what, how? I, how yeah. do you do that? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, should I try? Who that? taught you how to do that? I'm like, can I take like a six week online class? They're like, girl, I went to college for this for five years. No. Mm. And I look at myself and I'm like, I'm not like, I wish I was that girl mentally. Mm for it I know I'm not this is my thing yeah 100% and when I sit down and think about it I do come to the conclusion that I couldn't do anything else I think I'd be really shit and it's taken me like 30 odd years to get to that point but mm. 
definitely. Um, but if I did have like a part-time job, I'd love it to be like in a completely different thing, like a garden center or something. Do you know what I mean? Where no one Absolutely. knows me. Absolutely. And I'd just be like, the ivy's round the back. Do you know what I mean? Oh, there's a pots over million there. Percent. And like, just go there, not have to think about it, get my paycheck, go home. That'd be great. So if the garden center near my house is listening, they should employ me. That would be really lovely. I know. Actually. It's like a dream of mine, but you know, it's kind of, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, I've, I've always had this fantasy of like, working at a bakery part-time or, oh, yeah. or like a smoothie place. I yeah, love smoothies and I'm great at making them. And I have this fantasy of, I'm like, we have like a chain here in the States called Smoothie King. I'm like, mm. should I just start working there just like for kind of fun and like something that's <laughs> yeah. not attached to, to this? You know? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So we have the same mindset. Oh. It is, I think it is just, once you get to that point though, you realize why you don't do it. And I think after maybe like a month of doing it, you'll probably be like, yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah, exactly. I'd probably get tired the novelty of seeing will wear off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, this isn't an aesthetic anymore. This is just me blending fruits for unsatisfied customers <laughs> yeah. or, you know, you gardening for unsatisfied people with green thumbs or yeah. whatever they called it. But you wanted to start in architecture originally. You studied that, correct? Yeah, I did. I did a degree in architecture at Liverpool University, mostly because I was quite academic at school and a lot of the teachers were sort of dismissive of my <coughs> creativity, I guess, and were like, you should do something like architecture because, you know, you're quite arty, but it's still, it's a career. So, mm. and <coughs> I was really happy to do that because what like where I'm from though, we don't really, it's right. It's like the north, the mid, the Midlands in England. It's not. There's no one that kind of says to you, you can do songwriting if you want, or you can be become mm -hmm. a musician. The only route into that really was to be in a band or, or or be related to someone that's already in the music industry. So, I guess I kind of wasted three years doing that. But I also loved my time in Liverpool. Mm. Try and see the positive in that got a degree and then I moved to London to do a master's degree in, I guess it's set design. So it kind of used elements of architecture, but yeah. it was a bit more creative. And um, they kind of, it was at Central St. Martins, which is a really fab art school where everyone's a bit crazy and they just let you do whatever you want. That, so I just did lots of soundscapes and music and mm -hmm. it kind of sparked my interest in songwriting a bit more and then I kind of I graduated and didn't do anything with it but I just started writing and that takes us to about 2012 which is when I had my first songwriting actual songwriting session so kind of fell into it in a way mm. but I do I I do like look back at my time at university with fondness I think it was formative I I didn't have any gay friends, which was quite interesting. Wow. Yeah, because it was, I mean, I had maybe one or two, but Liverpool does have a, quite a small queer scene. Um, but I just wasn't, I was out, but I just wasn't involved in any of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I moved to London, I started working in this pub slash bar in East London. And, and then I was like, 
bang. It was like every night going out. And now I'm all haggard and old. <laughs> but a life has been lived. A life has been lived. A life has been lived and life continues to be lived. Yeah. It's crazy. I think about that a lot. I'm like life before being in queer scenes and stuff like that. Like mm. I forget a majority of our lives previous to the lives we're living now were mm. lived just surrounded by straight people. Now I feel like that's a rare occurrence. I feel like I'm always surrounded by queers of some it's sort. It's quite weird for me because since I moved home, I'm, it's like I'm back in that world. So I can go for weeks without seeing another queer person, which sounds like a stupid thing to say, but then it is, I quite like having almost like a double life. I live at home, it's very suburban. Mm -hmm. It's what you'd say, very normal. It's quite boring, nothing happens. I don't really have much of a social life there, but it, that kind of forces me to work really hard. And then I'll go to London and work maybe every two or three weeks, um, go on tour. And then obviously, you know, when I'm on tour, it's just all systems go, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but I, 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 I know exactly what you mean. It's quite weird. I almost, it's like code switching, I guess. You Absolutely. Know, like you're just in the straight world. <laughs> And then you go to somewhere like London and um, I do feel like more comfortable, obviously. But I also think it kind of works two ways. Like you could find yourself in like the city and surrounded by other people like you. And I think it can make you go even too far the other way. Do you know what I mean? You forget how to be in like the normal world. Like you'll be in, the, Absolutely. Be in like a, I don't know, an airport and you forget like straight people exist, which I remember like, I was at that point, I guess, just before I left London. But yeah, have you been to London? No. No. It's You my sound dream. like you've been because you, you have all the lingo, you know. Really? Kind of. I have a lot of friends from there, and my family's from Egypt, so I've always found myself more familiarized with the other side, that side of, of the world. The world. Because I have a lot of like family that ended up going to like uni over there mm -hmm. and everything. It's been my, I know you probably hear a lot of people from the States say it's my dream to go there, but mm. like it's my dream to go there. I want to get married and just stay there and never come back here. Oh, I feel like most British people would say the opposite about yep. the USA. I think you always want what you don't have, don't you? Absolutely. But always. that being said, London's great. It is like, fun it's really fun mm -hmm. and it is quite beautiful in the summer i think it's really beautiful yeah especially now we're having a bit of a heat wave which i'm really jealous of because i'm here and it's like raining mm -hmm. but um and i was in toronto last week and it was cold and everybody was like oh god at the swimming pool yeah yeah it was like rubbing it in but you know i think you'd love london it's great there's um it's almost like 10 cities in one. I guess like New York uh, is, it's I just got lots town. of different areas. And yeah, you'll have to let me know if you do end up going, cause I'll, oh. I'll give you some tips. Please, this summer, I'm trying to go at the end of the summer or something. I want to go to the city, but I also want to go to the countryside. Like mm. I find the countryside over there, it looks so beautiful from what I see online. Cause I'm from the suburbs originally. I'm from Maryland, so oh, that's wow. like okay. 20 minutes away from DC. So like when you're talking about the difference between the city, London, you versus you when you go home, mm. completely relate. And I same love, as me. I love that escape, and I think over there would just be gorgeous. Mm. It is nice. To Wales, England, Scotland, mm -hmm. all very beautiful, and Ireland as well. It's all just very green, and um, Ugh, I don't 
Yeah. You can actually like in London, if you're in London, you can be somewhere really beautiful within like an hour, I think. Really? Yeah. Like there's lots of national parks and things wow. like that. I'll, I'll make a list for you. Gorgeous. Booking my trip as we speak. But I wanted to ask you about songwriting too, because like for me, I write a lot and mm -hmm. I know a lot of other friends that write. And when people say like, oh, things fell into place or whatever, for you, what did falling into writing or writing falling into place look like for you exactly? Um, I, how did I, I think I, so I was working in this bar in East London and at the time, that area was quite, I hate the word hip, but there was a lot of people going there that were like, you know, doing things. Mm -hmm. um, and there was this club night, I believe, called Boombox that was happening. A lot of interesting, fantastic people were there, like Kylie Minogue used to go and um, all these different designers and, it was like a real scene. I wasn't really part of that, but I was a barman in that bar. Mm. So I met a lot of people that way. Um, and then I, there was um, a girl called Alex and she worked for a record label. And I just think I was just chatting to her at the end of the night. Um, and then I was like, yeah, I'm a songwriter. And I think I gave her some demos. And um, it kind of just went from there and then uh, one of the demos I had put onto SoundCloud, which was a thing at the time, uh, was listened to by a young teenage, M&EK. I think he was 17 or 16. Love. Yeah, so that was in 2012. I think he was working with Alex on something. She had a girl group, I can't remember. But that was the link there. So I have Alex to thank really for... Mm -hmm. There was a, um, Lauren as well, who's an amazing uh, manager. Um, so it was like those two really um, sort of got me the connection with M&EK. And then he, uh, it was, the song was Indiana. It was my demo of it. Mm -hmm. And he reposted it to his SoundCloud. And I think he had thousands of followers. And um, it just sort of grew from there really. And then, um, <clears throat> Little Boots, I don't know if you remember Little Boots, the singer. Yep. She she was, around that time, she was, I mean, she still is massive, but she was like the hot thing. Having she, her moment. She was having a moment and she decided to do a record label. And um, Lauren was involved in that as well. And I think they asked if they could release it uh, as a single. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, of course. And then around that time, I met my first manager. He was from Chicago, um, RD. Um, and it kind of went from there. So it kind of started with me being the artist, really, because I'd written the song. I didn't really have much, I didn't have like a follow-up, but M&EK mm. um, produced it. I sent him all the parts. And then that was released as a single. And they had a bit of a, uh, yeah, they had like Pop Justice and Pitchfork and yeah. people like that. They all kind of not got behind it, but like it was quite buzzy, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then um, it just went from there, really. Uh, um, kind of released a couple more songs. Actually, I've missed a really big step. So um, before I released Indiana, uh, M&EK 
uh, was working with the Sugar Babes, like at the time. Mm-hmm. They'd just been put back together. Yeah, MK. As Mutia, Keisha, Siobhan. And um, I don't, I can't remember how it happened, but they invited me to do a week's songwriting with them. And it was like my second ever songwriting session. So it was wow. a bit intense. And I'm such a fangirl, so. I just remember thinking down three to like the original three. Uh. Uh, so I, I hadn't even seen them in the same room since the year 2001 or something. Mm-hmm. So to then like just walk into this room and see the three girls there. Um, obviously, like Muttia is just so iconic in person. Yeah. Siobhan, actually, interestingly, like when I was working as a barman, she was quite friendly with the guy who used to on the club night which was there so I kind of knew that she was like around yeah I think she became like a a model booking agent I think at one point and then Keisha obviously everything that happened with her which I think is really sad really how she was kissed kicked out um she was just um yeah she was just incredible and then working with them like their voices just insane so we did maybe four or five songs um and I don't really know what happened. They released one single with it was Dev Hines produced it, mm-hmm. and then um, and then it didn't. Nothing, nothing got released. But they've released the album now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which which is great, and they're doing well. And I actually saw them two or three weeks ago at Birmingham Pride. <gasps> you was, did. Yeah, and it was the first time I'd seen them all together for since that those sessions. I think because I'd individually wow. seen all of them because Mutia does like her solo gigs. Mm-hmm. And Siobhan actually came on my podcast, which was nice. I've listened, yeah. Yeah, she came to my house uh, with her friend, Lady Lloyd. Um, So I've seen all of them, but not together. And I saw them perform and it was just incredible. It was like mind blowing. I was literally a fangirl again on the front. Um, And I saw them all. Mutti gave me a vape. (laughs) Love, very her, very on brand. It was cherry cola. Um, It's my favorite flavor. Love. yeah, that that was it. It was like that that was the weirdest 2012 that was. It was a very strange like baptism of fire, I guess. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. It yeah. was bizarre. Um I don't think any of those songs ever got released. I released one of them myself. Um some of them are great. Um they all sound great on it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and then they've uh done some more stuff with M&EK, I think since then. Yeah. Mhm. But yeah, so I released my single 2013. That would have been Indiana. Then I signed a publishing deal off the back of that. So obviously everything's like picking up pace. And I kind of didn't really have a handle on what was happening. I didn't really know. But the forces above were sort of like steering me away from art, like artist project into more songwriting, I Mm. think. And I do often wonder like why that happened. Maybe they didn't think I'd be like a viable artist or mm. not sure. I've never really thought about that. I've never sat down and thought why at that point. Because I really wanted to do it and I kept releasing singles, but um, it became less and less a priority and more about songwriting. And I don't know if that's because people like, you need to make money, you need to, right. you know, there's no money in doing the artist thing. You have to invest a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like they want to take your amazing songs and be like, let's give it to an artist where we know they'll sell regardless because of yeah. Their which I would, to be fair, like I would have loved that, but I, f- it was, it was very strange, really. 
like I, the first few years of my um, songwriting publishing deal were great. Like I was flown out here. Like mm -hmm. I'd do sessions with Little Mix. I was like, I felt like I was flying, but nothing was like sticking, yeah. and I didn't really get any cuts. And then. Uh, bit by bit, like the sessions became less with signed artists. It would be like unsigned and then people who were like just starting out and then people who didn't have much musical identity either. So it was a lot of hard work to try and like write a song with someone that you've just met. And, and they don't even know who they are as an artist. Exactly. Yet. So yeah. obviously like if you go into a session with Little Mix, you know exactly who Little Mix are. Mm. I'm not, I mean, I'm not speaking here like an expert cause I'm no, not. But, but it was, it was very much, it became more and more, it became more and more difficult. And then I definitely, um, I feel like I like pushed back a little bit and like I was late to sessions. I was like, always not on time and I think that's you subconsciously telling yourself like I don't want to do this anymore yeah it's like quiet quitting a job you just start yeah. showing up late literally your energy isn't there anymore yeah the signs are all on the wall yeah yep. and you know as well what people don't quite get is the you're paid in an advance you know with a publishing deal so they'll give you all this money up front and you have to live off that and you have to pay that back with your royalties. Mm. So I was sort of, I'd quit my part-time jobs like temporarily at that point and the money was running out very quickly and these songwriting sessions would be all over London and you wouldn't get any expenses at all. So it was like every day I was spending like 20 pounds on lunch, 20 pounds on travel, whatever. Mm. So it was just like, it was an expensive thing to do and I wasn't getting anything in return. Yeah. But um, that being said, there were some really beautiful moments. Like I, I made several incredible friends on that songwriting journey. Incredible producers, writers, artists, you know, some of, some of my best friends during, during that time. But it wasn't like as fruitful as I feel like it had the potential to be. Mm. And in the back of my head, I was always like, I want to be an artist. I don't understand why I'm not progressing there. And it was yeah. hard to see people start out and then just like eclipse you and do what you wanted to do really easy and have this team around them. And um, it was like, I want that. Why can't I have that? And I think that was partly part of the reason I just sort of withdrew into myself. Mm. And then eventually by 20... 18, I feel like me and my ex-publisher came to like an agreement to sort of like part ways. And then I got a job at the members only place. Gotcha. And then, um, and then me and my manager split up as well. We completely amicably, like I messaged him yesterday. Um, cause he's from Chicago. So I was like, I was in Chicago. Yeah. Um, so I love him still still talk to some of the people from, I still talk to Alex, who was like the very first girl. Um, and then my relationship, I was in one for like five years. Mm. That was starting to like come apart as well. This was all around the same time. And then, yeah, just, I was like, I'm done. And I moved back home. And that's when I sort of decided, yeah, I'm gonna make a go of this. Um, and that's when I, did traces and then 
black country disco and everything else. From then on, yeah. Yeah, so it's like quite a long-winded story. You know, I, I love a long-winded story because I'm a long-winded story kind of girl. Yeah, me but too. I never really get a chance to... This feels like almost like therapy. It's quite nice. I never really get a chance to remember it all in sequence like that because... Mm-hmm. A lot of people who don't necessarily know my backstory would probably just see like, who is this like 36 year old, gorgeous, queer, who's just singing and where did he come from and like, what, how did he get there? And I do always think, no, I've literally been working at this for such a long time. It's like something that I've always wanted to do. And I only feel like now I'm starting to do what I want. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I don't really have time to be like, well, back in 2012, like, um, but it's nice. I, I mean, along the way, like, I, I think it almost having the songwriting background sort of like legitimizes you a little bit more as an artist. Absolutely. Potentially. Um, not that I think that people who don't write their own songs are any different because, mm-hmm. you know. But I think it is a certain identity you get to know very well with your music, music for other people, and just music as a whole when you do start off in songwriting. Like, a lot of my favorite artists have always started off as songwriters for other girls. Mm. Ray, Charlie, like, all those girls, they all started as... Lady Gaga did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, always forget that. Which is crazy, and I love the fact that you're having that moment to kind of, like, recap your past decade in a bit because it's important. I was doing Mm. that the other day. I was in the shower (laughs) and for me, all my thoughts happen in the shower. I don't fully become human until I take a shower and Mm -hmm. then my day could actually start. Weird little take of mine, but... Love that. No, absolutely. Mine's on the treadmill. That's like when I do all my processing. I'm the same way. Mm. Me, it's workout or shower. Shower. That's where all my ideas come. Uh, Do you know why that is? It's because there's no distractions. You can't do anything else. Yep. Same. So you're literally just left with your own thoughts. I love it. And my bathroom, typical New York restroom, is like rather, it's not small, but it's, you know, it's quite quaint. Petite. Yes, it's petite. So there's... It's a nice way of saying it. Yeah, so there's not much distraction. It's Mm -hmm. just myself, my shower, the water, and I, and that's where all the thoughts come. And you're going through like the timeline of of the last decade. It's beautiful. I did that the other week. I went through my whole life. I started like... I was alone, like I have a roommate, Mm -hmm. and he was out for the weekend. And I started at like birth, I was like, okay, my name is Joseph Daniel Jabala, born Silver Spring, Maryland, at Mm -hmm. Holy Cross Hospital, and just went through like each year of my life, Mm. verbally, to where I am now. And when I got out the shower, especially like, for me, I'm very melodramatic, if you can't tell already. Yeah. A shower, I, I take a shower as like a daily baptism. I'm like, I'm taking whatever energy I have and I'm washing it away and I'm moving mm. on once the shower ends. And I got out of it and I started my day off and I was like, bitch, look at you. I'm like, you're going to the job that you earned, to the show that you're doing yourself. Mm. And I was able to appreciate today and what today was about to be because I sat in the fucking shower or anywhere and I just looked back on my life and I just gave myself a moment to pause and reflect and be like... Deserved. Yeah, like... You did it, girl. And that's the thing. Mm. To your point, it's like, and for us in general, it's like people that, you know, are doing things in front of a camera where you could only get to know somebody one dimensionally. Mm -hmm. All what people could think is that one dimension they see you in. Mm -hmm. 
you know? And so for us, it's like, you almost want to explain to people, be like, girl, trust this did not happen yesterday. Yeah. Just because we have this gorgeous studio that I'm blessed to have you in today does mm -hmm. not mean I'm rich. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hopping the turnstiles too on the train to mm -hmm. get here. Like it is still a journey nonetheless. Yeah, but totally. I was no, just saying, you, you do have, have to have those moments of like reflection. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I really crave is that, I mean, I don't necessarily want to have like a big team around me, but I don't have anyone to share things with, if that makes sense. So it's li literally yeah. just me doing everything. Um, so it's hard to take it all in and be like, and take a second to sort of say, I did this, this is great. And mm. I almost like last, this this morning when I was in my hotel, I was like, similar to you, I got out of the shower and I just looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, <sighs> like, thank, thank God that's over. Cause it's like a lot of pressure, but also like yeah. we did it and it was great. And, and we've added another date to this tour, which is like unbelievable. Yeah. It's been mad. I feel like very, the more I do, like the more I want as well. So it's like, you just yep. get more and more hungry for it. And like, I'm 36 years old. I don't know if I've said that already, but it's like, you, you see time is like, it's something that you gotta like fight against almost because we're all here for such a small amount of time. And there's, I almost feel like you, you spend your twenties like, well I did just like, fannying around basically and not really I don't know some people like mm -hmm. seem to smash it in their 20s but I didn't I no I, I understand that going though. out and getting pissed especially I mean I think that's completely important though especially yeah for you have to live don't you yeah exactly especially for us as artists it's like we have to live some type of life to then put life into the art that we make yeah oh god no yeah there's no art but I get that my my struggle with that is that like for me like growing up like Christ to me was and is Britney Spears essentially. Okay. So yeah. like seeing this bitch like peaking at the age of sixteen. Yeah, it's mad. It is mad. I always think I you could know? be her dad, like when she was sixteen. That is insane to me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I would have been twenty if, if she if she was. Yeah, like someone like yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I I understand you. I always think that if ever I meet someone that's like born. If anyone's like under the age of 20, I'm like, I can be your dad, which is weird. You do, but yeah. like, I always like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm like not my older brother. Really? Yeah. From overseas. I'm so, 26. Well, well, I couldn't be your dad then. That would be weird. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like I always, um, think in terms of like, well, how old was, where was I at that age and what was I doing? Yes. And I was just yes. a child when I was 16. I was literally a child. Like, mm -hmm. didn't have any adult tendencies at all. Like, I was still, you know, a kid. And yeah. I feel like I was quite late growing up, I think. I think so. I don't know. It's weird, because I feel like being queer, you kind of have to grow up a bit earlier, but I think I was quite late. A million percent. I yeah. get what you're saying. It's like, I think we face adversity earlier in our life. Yeah. Which then forces us to... Like, see, retract a bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We see life through a realer lens earlier, but also at the same time when it comes to being who we truly are, I think our growth and the opportunity to express that is a little bit delayed. Yeah, totally. You know, like, my 20... Like, for, like, 25 for me was, like, 
my college party girl years, yet mm. I've been done with university for years. Mm. But I think it's just because I wasn't able to fully live it the way I was supposed to when I was that age. Well, yeah, like when I said, you know, when I was at Liverpool University, didn't really go out, didn't have that many, well, I did, but I, I didn't go to like gay bars or mm -hmm. anything. And then when I went to London, it was like this whole new world opened up to me. And, um, and then, yeah, from there on out, it was just like, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I like try to slow myself down now and be mm -hmm. like, girl, you're doing fine. Mm -hmm. Think of yourself last year. Yep. And then think about yourself the next, like following past this year. I'm trying to think where I was at 26. What was I doing? That was 10 years ago. 26, me. yeah. 2013. So it was when Art Pop was released. I love that's the first thing you said about 2013. Yep. You are my <laughs> sister. Yep. Art Pop Prism. I went to Italy. I was bangers really, too. Really bangers. I was obsessed with um, rooting for my baby. I was just listening to that all the time. That's my favorite song from that album. Beautiful. What's your favorite song from Art Pop and Prism? Now that I need to ask you. Um, Art Pop probably the demo of Fashion. I love that. Mm -hmm. But I also love GUI. Um. That whole album for me is like a real elemental part of everything. I love it. Same. But I kind of got into it quite late. It wasn't during 2013 when I actually, I loved the singles during 2013. Yep. But then it was 2016 when I was like, fuck me, this is amazing. Uh, yeah, my, where I was living, I had like a, a vinyl. And I just, every, every day I'd Aww. wake up and see it. I also loved Prism. Um, Prism is a great album. In, International Smile, Legendary Lovers. Yes. All of those. Yes. Yeah, that was a real time. At 2013, I was skinny. I remember I was going to the gym a lot. Um, I was single, ready to mingle. Music-wise, I released my first single in 2013. So I was 20, I would have been 27, but it was mm. just after I turned 27. So I was dirt poor. I remember like, I was living with my friend Isabel and Joe, and it was literally like, I was looking for pennies to do things, to get on the bus. Like I was really, really poor. And um, maybe that's why I was skinny. <laughs> no, I, I've i had those moments where I'll look back on pictures and just be like, damn, what diet was I doing? And I was like, oh, yeah. poverty. Yeah, Hi. yeah. And I was I was working in a bar called Dalston Superstore, which is a bit of a an East London institution. Mm. Um, and we used to get like Beth Ditto would come in and Rasheen Murphy, like pretty really? wild. Yeah, it was fab. I used to dance on the bar. I think I might have been an alcoholic. I was just like constantly drinking. But that was 26. That was great. I remember it was a really sunny summer and it was really nice. Um, and my sister got married in Italy. So the whole family went to Italy. So there you go. Don't know how that helps wow. you. <laughs> no, it does. It just sounds fun. It just it sounds was. great, which is why I need to remind myself to do more. It was, it was. And I don't regret any of it. I think it was just, yeah, I was fannying around and just not really doing anything. But then that year, you know, I released a single and that's what started everything. So you've got to start somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so then when you release Indiana and kind of like your first big break in a way is Kylie Minogue being like, mm. hi. She's here in London, uh, New York, isn't she? Mm -hmm. Are you going? To this Saturday? This thing, yeah. 
I'm trying to. There's so much going on this weekend. On that Saturday, I'm hosting, like I'm one of many hosts at this charity event that's going on this Saturday. Tanache is also performing, who oh I love. Oh my God, really? There's so much. This is my like My friend a pre- Seb loves Tanache, so. Really? Yeah, I feel like if I go, I'll make him really jealous. Um, you should. But I haven't, I haven't got any plans because it's so impromptu. I've just added these three days onto the trip. Yep. So, um, but yeah, Kylie Minogue, I just signed my publishing deal. I believe she was with uh, Rock Nation at the time. Mm-hmm. They were trying to age her down. I think that's what they were doing. So they were getting all these young producers in. Post X era. And yeah. Everything. Yep. So like, I don't think she looks back at that era very fondly. I don't think. Mm. I don't know. I think the live show was fab. I think that was great. Um, it's one of those things where I actually really liked Kiss Me Once. I thought it was a really good album. But um, you can't satisfy everyone, can you? Some people want you to like progress. Some people want you to stay where you are. Mm. And I think she tried different things, or her management did. And... Um, I love it. I'm very proud of it. It's great. I've I've been a fan of her since I was a baby. Like obviously being in the UK, she's like our adopted yeah. god. And she is having such a moment now. Um and she honestly like I don't know anyone that's got anything bad to say about her. She's just absolutely adored universally. Mm-hmm. Um so it's just nice to be a tiny, tiny speck of part of her career. It's so nice. Absolutely. And I hate having to like, um, what's the word? Almost like people always want my opinion on things about like her new music and stuff like that. And I'm like, I listen, whatever she does is gold to me. I agree. I couldn't give a shit. Like, even if I don't particularly like something, I'm like, we're all, we're all just lucky to be alive at the same time as her. Genuinely. Yeah. You're also not like, her manager no, or her no, no, legal no, no. team so it's like of course it's not it's nice to like say that and to obviously i'm a fan first and foremost yeah. and i always will be i love all the really old music like stock aitken and waterman stuff like mm-hmm. that's my era my era it's not my era but i love um fever god jesus so good classic just incredible like i think it's it's about time i like the usa like gets it they have, like, every 20 years, they have a Kylie moment. Right. It's crazy to think that last time she charted on the U.S. says, can't get you out of my head. Like, Mad. It's it's insane, and it just, once again, continues my thought that... you got to move to Europe. <laughs> a million percent. And my second thought is, U.S. doesn't know pop. U.S. only knows how to manufacture it, but forever and always, I'll always believe the real sauce, you all have. Mm. Whether it comes to girl groups, solo acts, the U.K., in anywhere in general, even Australia. Well, they I think know she, pop music. she is Australian, yeah, but yeah. her career was because of the UK. Based, yeah. All of, you know, the beginning was they were British when they stopped mm-hmm. Aitken and Waterman. And ever, ever since, yeah, like Fever, I think is all by British producers. And Padam Padam is a guy called Lost Boy. Yeah. Um, and when, I think maybe that's the interesting thing. When she does work with Americans, it doesn't, for me, doesn't quite work. Maybe I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe I'm just really generalizing. No, I understand though. She's she's one of those girls where she kind of reminds me like of the Britney. Rock Nation thing. Yeah, yeah, potentially. 
Well, yeah. like she is like Britney in the sense that you, it's, if you give her the right material, it's like insane. Yeah, I think she's people don't people don't look at her and Britney in enough respect as they should because I think her and Britney aren't just performers. I think they're recording artists. Yeah, if you give them a song, they'll know how to perform it in the booth when recording it. Yeah, you know, like Britney has so many. Like I made, I told you this about deep Britney stand. Mm-hmm. Britney has so many little like weird quirky songs on each one of her albums. Yeah, you know that's from her. That's what I like about her. Yes, and no one else could sing them, but mm. when she does, I'm listening to it. And I'm like, oh, this is an amazing song. Mm-hmm. And plenty of producers have always said she's always willing and able to put, put on a character. She has to be. Yeah, she's there. Yep, exactly. Twice. You know, she has to. She knows how to put on the character. Knows how to perform the song. And I think. Kylie does too, and yeah. it's because both of them aren't Mariah, but both of them are Kylie. And they know what they can the do. Booth. Yeah, I think they know how to, they know how to perform the song when while creating, and they can see the vision through. Yeah. Ariana, I'll say for an American artist too, I think she does that same thing. Well. Do you like Madison Beer? You know what? <laughs> I because I'm obsessed with her at the moment, and when you mentioned Ariana, I was like, I think she should do what Madison Beer is doing, which is like this weird Tame Impala vibe like it's so good Madison going in the Tame Impala direction genius yeah I think especially because she's so like moody like just perfect perfect and she's such a I just like the idea of like really gorgeous girls Mm -hmm. she looks CGI in the new video yes really gorgeous girls kind of giving like this effortless like I'm just singing vibe with the music but the music is so good you can't it's beautiful it's excellent so it's my song of this trip all I've done is listen to yeah really it came where did it come on it came on when I was in Chicago and then for the entire trip I've just listened to it and then last night before I went on stage in Brooklyn we played it just before I came oh wow yeah it's It's a beautiful song I like her her last album her I think it was her debut album with boy shit on yes yeah that's good I think boy shit is a smash. Mm. It could have been in my head. It could have been number one in the U.S. Or I have this fantasy that it should have been given to Little Mix as a trio. Oh, I like, can hear that. Yeah, right. It's got that kind of Little Mix vibe. Mm-hmm. Or Jade's solo thing. Like I've just I yeah, adore I that song. That. Selfish is gorgeous too. Selfish, I think, is my favorite. She's got, is that song. like the ballad? Yeah, I think she's interesting because I think similar to what you were saying about Britney and Kylie, like they're they might not necessarily write the whole thing, but they like curate it. Absolutely. And I think they know what works for them. Yeah. And you can see like with Madison Beer, it's like quite a kooky thing that she's got going on. Absolutely. Underneath the like ridiculous beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I just love her so much. She's incredible. I haven't been that excited about a pop I star. I love that. In a very long time. Yeah. I love that. I think my last pop star I was obsessed with, like I said, was Ariana. Cause like yeah. I tuned out of us pop girls, like mid, 2010s right 2016 ariana was the last one i was like oh this is my girl but i do see something in madison too she's interesting i think she's one to watch i think everybody needs to get on the madison beer train yeah become a beer can like me or a beer belly i don't know what we call a beer belly that's kind of high yeah i like that name for them that song is really gorgeous though she has um a memoir out too at the same time. So her she's life doing is harrowing as well. Like I've just I only read briefly what mm-hmm. she went through and God, like how she manages to like carry on. It's just incredible. 
and um, young too. Yeah. I'm like, girl, I'm like, yeah, she's 24 or something. Crazy. Or 23. And I always think that going back to our like, why did we start earlier kind of realization earlier in our talk? It's like, well, then you look what happened. Like it's exactly. And I it think happens again and again. Look at Britney Spears. You know, people yeah. take advantage of young people a lot in this industry. Even now at 26, I still see it. People attempting to do such. And I'm like, you know what? Thank God I didn't peak at 18 because uh -huh. I'd probably yeah, be God. a mess by now. I, like I said, I was just a child at that point. But I do, I do like feel bad for people that have been through it like that. And also like not naming any names, but when I go in, used to go into sessions with people who all they've ever known was the music industry. Like mm. you would, you'd get like quite a weird energy that they just don't know how to live in the real world. And it's not their fault, but it's because they haven't had the opportunity or the chance to. Yeah. And I feel like, especially if you're trying to write pop songs, like you need a bit of lived experience to be able to do that. Absolutely. To connect to people. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, especially with pop, it's like, pop, it's like, it's kind of rooted in escapism in a way, or at least it lately that's been very much yeah. the trend and such. And I think that only way of being able to fantasize about a world beyond the one we're living in is to be out of the perfect industry world and whatnot. That's why a lot of those kids that make the great like escapism s pop all come from small towns. They mm. all come from suburbia. Like you see Kim Petras, she's from fucking Germany. Yeah, Germany, Troy Sivan from bumfuck Australia or New yeah. Zealand. You know what I mean? He's New Zealand, right? I think he's New Zealand. Australian. And I think he's South African as well. I think he's like one parent is South African and one yes. is, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, they all come from those small-town kid fantasies. Britney, too. Ar from Ariana's Louisiana. from, like, Florida. Yep. Somewhere in the middle of Florida. Boca Raton. Granted, I think she came from a rich family. Oh, yeah. I kind of get that with Madison, though, as well. Oh, down. She's, like, yeah. rich Long Island girl. Yeah. I know a lot of friends here in the city that, like, they all went to high school with her. <sighs> My dream. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, this is your coming out as a beer can. I'm a beer belly through and through. Literally this week, it's just happened. It's been your emancipation moment, your beer can emancipation. I love week. her. I hope I she's, I hope, like, I feel like the UK will get it. And I then think so too. US will follow. And I think, as is normal, with any pop act, whether it be in the UK or US, all any promising female vocalist needs, unfortunately, but also fortunately in this economy, is one cute DJ collab. Well, she had one. She had one with, um, did she? God, what's his name? And it's really good. I'll play it to you later. Oh, you're really a beer can. Yeah. Educate me. I oh, love it's it. It's so good. It's Jax Jones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, bless Jax Jones. It's really, really good. Yep. Honestly, yep. like, I've been listening to it a lot this week because I just mm. need everything I can get. Do you think... Do you see the UK being superior to the US in terms of pop? Uh, no, not really? at all. Really? No, I don't think so. I think we owe a lot to the USA in terms of disco, um, hip hop, uh, I guess trap music. Mm -hmm. I don't really like it, but you know, that's all that. I mean, Canada as well, of course, you know, with Drake. But I think it all started here yeah. I think we owe a lot to you guys for that, but then maybe in Europe, they kind of got electronic music a bit earlier and pioneered that. Um, but no, I, I think 
it's hard to I think it's hard to generalize mm-hmm. I think and you always I always find like I'll meet a certain type of American they'll be like really into British music and culture and they're a bit of an anglophile and they get it but I think the majority of Americans don't and so there's like a bit of a cultural divide there and yep. I think you like what you like um but no I don't think Brit- Britain's superior in that sense I think for uh for our size we've punched above our weight in terms of producing mm-hmm. like iconic pop stars and rock stars and groups and things like that and I think every 10 years or so we have like a wave don't we of like everybody's coming from the UK but yeah I think America because it's so big and there's so many like huge scenes like you know Atlanta you have like the Latin music here like it's just it's so diverse and massive like it's hard to compare them I think that's a good point that's actually a very good point that you make and in a way that's kind of what I love about the UK in a way it's a little bit more it's just one industry yes and it's like there's a sound as well that's why like groups like Girls Aloud wouldn't work here because they're so British sounding Mm. so like you know the general American population wouldn't get it and and if that's something that you like like you're a bit of an Anglophile then of course you'll get it but I feel like you know someone from Kansas isn't gonna sit and be like I'm gonna put on what will the neighbours say yeah right maybe Exactly. But it, it's got, I think it's got that like quite unique Britishness that you can't really put, can't quite put my finger on. There's always actually an Irish member as well in the group. So there's always like four mm-hmm. British ones, one Irish one. So we can't go without saying that. Like Nadine Coyle, incredible. Right. Obsessed with her. Love her. She's my fave. And then there's, there's like the, the grime thing, which I actually don't get in the UK. It's like completely over my head. But I know that these incredible talented performers that are sort of like killing it in their own world um, which is something that I've never really got into but that's like a thing now I mean it has been for a while I must sound like a granddad um, but yeah the, the the thing that's kind of missing from the UK is like rock bands I think like that's kind of died a bit of a death I miss rock bands a lot yeah we used to have like quite a few and you know, we have Arctic Monkeys still knocking around, like, but they're kind of, I don't know. There's the 1975, like, people But like it's that. all that, like, Tumblr era, early 2010s, going back to 2013. Yeah. Like, Art Pop, 1975's, or, yeah, 1975's debut. Yeah. Like, it's all of that time, and yeah, it's, like... Yeah, there's nothing now. Yeah, where's a where's a band for now? There's Not that a, group, there's that Wet Leg. Yes. Who, the, the two girls. Mm-hmm. They're quite interesting. Yeah. They're sort of... If there's more stuff like that, then maybe there'll be a bit of a... Because they've done so well. I think it is a case of labels seeing something do well and then being like, well, we need another one of those. A so, million percent. So I think, you know, maybe there'll be a bit of a resurgence. Um, but I do miss that because when I was... Yeah, there'll be like another America, but like the Strokes, there'll be like the Libertines, mm-hmm. the whatever, the Kooks. There were just all these bands, Razorlight. It was like a real indie moment. I agree. And now bands and anyone in rock music now is just immediately labeled as alternative and i'm just like no i think they're 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 a pop band or they're a rock band or they're just a band i Mm -hmm. don't think they're necessarily 
alternative. Like Muna is a band. Muna is a pop band. Yeah. And some places will label them as alternative. And I'm like, they're maybe not they're all. no, that's like pure pop. Exactly. And which like Heim, I guess, you know. Yeah, I guess. And even then, like Heim is still like pop, yet influenced Vocal. by many yeah, exactly. I think Muna's criminally underrated. Totally. Muna's excellent. I saw them. I've never seen them. Oh, whenever you have the chance. They are amazing. All three of them are incredible. The vocalist for the group, lead vocalist, Katie Gavin, is a beast on stage. Really? Incredible. Amazing. One of the best shows I've been to. Where did you see them? Terminal 5. Okay. Terminal 5. It was their second... Yeah, second of two sold out nights there. And it just, what I love for me, like I'm a huge pop head, but forever and always, even when I'm going to see a pop act, I love a live band. Mm, yeah, I miss that. Uh, I really a do. A live band. Like, shout out to everybody that has their DJ playing in the back. I know that's a lot, you know, there's budget and things come into consideration when it comes to those decisions. Me. So it's like, that's hot and we love it. But when people get to a level where they can mm. choose to have a live band, it's the or not. dream. I don't think I wouldn't have. I would have a band if I could. Like it's, it is the dream. Like just to feel the music happening in oh. real time is, is amazing. It's expensive though. Very, very. Yeah. But it does heighten. One hundred percent. I quality. had I had a I had a band for one or two shows in twenty twenty one, and. Um, they're all super incredible musicians, and it was just lovely. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. Take me back. I actually spent the money on dancers this time. Love. Yeah, but you know. Dancers are worth it, too. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Dancers are very... Are very you gonna, are you, can you come to my show on Sunday? Or Sunday, can, yes. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm guest list you for that. Yay. It'll be fun. Amazing. It's my last one, so I feel like it's going to be a bit mad. For the whole tour. Yeah. So Although I am doing some dates in Mexico, but I mm-hmm. haven't announced them yet. So when you're at the end or nearing the end of your touring era, for most artists, that's like the end of the era as a whole. Mm-hmm. So like the Life in Plastic era is essentially coming to mm. a close. First part of my question, do you feel like it's nearing the end of it? Oh, Like yeah. your cycle's kind of... Oh my God, yeah. I'm ready. So mm. ready. Although... Being on tour has been, it's nice because it's like rejuvenated the album. Um, and I'm well aware, like, it as a second album, it's, it's had, like, not as many streams as Black Country Disco. I mean, it hasn't been out as long. But I always felt like, yeah, you know, it's a difficult second album. Like, Black Country Disco is such a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because of the pandemic. A lot of people were, like, really connected to it yeah. because they were in lockdown. And I get so many messages being like, that album got me through lockdown, which is nice. I know plenty of people that have said the same thing. I'm here to let you know that again. Which is wild to me. So with Life in Plastic, it was like my first almost free album as a as an artist that yep. was like in the industry as, as much as ever, anyone else and competing with lots of other things. But it has its place and singing the songs live, you see people singing them back. And I've actually been surprised at how much people know it and love it. And I, I, I'm so proud of that album. I'm really happy. You know, it's, it's, it's meant to be like, you know, like a 90s Euro pop record. That's the concept. But I'm so ready to like draw a line under it now. Mm. Just want to do something more, talking about bands, like more organic yeah. and 
like listening to Madison Beer, I'm like, I want to do something like that. Yeah. Like it's just, I'm inspired to write now. And um, as much as I love Life in Plastic, like it's been going for two years. So I think I'm going to do, I haven't announced these shows, but three shows in Mexico and then maybe some in Australia if, if I can afford it. And that will be, it's always Australia's like the last, isn't it? But I, yeah, right. I'll draw the line under it. Um, I'm going to write my third album next week. Like I'm going to go to wow. Sweden. Yeah. Oh, Sweden. Oh, you're in good company. Yeah. So I'm going to be there for midsummer. I've hired a log cabin. And wow. yeah, I'm not going to write the entire album. But yeah, I'm but going to begin the process. Begin. Yeah. Wow. And so much has happened on this tour that I've like, I'm really inspired, which is really exciting because obviously Black Country Disco was a breakup album. Yep. Life in Plastic was like a renaissance almost. Mm -hmm. And then it's almost like album three, where am I going? Um, but so much life has happened in the interim that I'm, I'm ready, I think. Yeah. I yeah. think album three sounds really comfy in who you are. Like, I don't know where the album is going. I don't know what it's going to sound like. But mm. for the first one to be a breakup album, the second kind of being that moment post breakup where it's like, okay, I'm going to give myself a year mm -hmm. to just act up, go crazy, go partying all the mm -hmm. time, whether it's post breakup, leaving a job. But then you kind of come around at the end of that cycle and you're like, okay, through all of this, I know who I am at my core now. I think so. I think as well, doing the live shows, like you mm. just know what people respond to more, I guess. And um, I'm just excited to bring everything together. And I think it will be a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B, yeah. some, something completely new, which I'm really excited about. Also, I'm like sort of done with doing like Black Country Disco was like, 1970s and Life in Plastic was like, oh, we're doing like Y2K 90s. Like, I'm just gonna do whatever I feel like now. There won't be like a pastiche of anything. So, I love that. I'm. I think the same thing about music. I think lately music has been very nostalgia based, which is beautiful and we love it. And everything is rooted in nostalgia aesthetics. Mm. Da da da. Like everything is Y2K or 90s or 80s. But like, as of lately, I feel like we've been doing this now since 20. 14 when 1989 came out mm. and when emotion came out granted emotions one of my favorite albums ever mm. fully have it tatted but i'm really? like oh, oh, yeah. oh fully yeah. yeah but i'm I mean, like I've got some shit ones so just oh. say <laughs> i saw the Avalon, one beautiful oh my god my stamp from last night oh, dirty i have cleaned no i I'm, <laughs> I'm always that girl i love having the smeared stamp a little bit embarrassing it's some experience on yeah but um, I with music now, what I'm ready for from people, not that my opinion matters, but I'm just like, let's try something new. Mm -hmm. You know, the like for instance, like the artist Amare just released her album, uh, Fountain Baby. Are you familiar with Amare? I know the name, but I'm not familiar with anything. Bigger. Highly recommend her album. Okay. One of the inspirations she named, which she didn't name many, which I like because she just went in and created a new sound. The one inspiration she named was Britney's Blackout. Oh, and, wow. And okay. she was like, she basically said it was referential, but at the same time, it was risk-taking and it looked forward. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what Blackout was at the time, I think. Exactly. And that's what I love from artists. And that's kind of, for me, as a consumer of art and somebody that wants to potentially start making art of my own, I'm like, let's do something new. Like when Kylie made 
Impossible Princess. She mm-hmm. wasn't looking back. No. She was looking around and forward. I need to take risks, I guess. Your risky era, your art pop era, maybe. Yeah, maybe it is, but I mean, album three. Yeah. Wow. It's not going to be. But, yeah. No, I think I feel like, if anything, it's going to be... I mean, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. But I know... I've got an idea of what it is in my head. Mm. I just feel like the word organic is something that really helps me. Because I'm going to this cabin in the woods. Like, it's going to be really earthy, but really mm. good. And you, you'll be able to dance to it. I, no ballads, still. I remember reading one review, and it was like, there aren't any ballads. And that was a bad thing. And me thinking... No. <laughs> no. I mean, all songs could be a ballad. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? You take the beat out. Exactly. Like, Unbreak My Heart, Tony Braxton. Literally. Just put a beat on it. And just put a beat on banger. it. That's what I'm saying. Chromatica, too. I was l- watching a deep dive of it. And they're like, yeah, a lot of these songs are like ballads when you really think about it. Like, Free Woman. Um, what's mm. the other one? Fun one Tonight. Thousand Doves. Yeah, th- oh, Thousand Doves. The piano version, I will say, of that is so Stunning. Beautiful. One of her best, but and I and I looked at it and I was like, yeah, you could still see a song as a ballad in a way, even if it's up tempo. Carly has a lot of songs like that, Warm Blood, etc. All of those. Like, I did on tour. I do Thessaloniki a bit like a ballad. Like I take mm. all the beat out. It's just very like chilled, and then the beat kicks in at the end, and it's like, oh okay, back to normal. But That's I feel mean. like definitely gonna try up some different tempos i don't know we'll see Mm -hmm. it's exciting i'm excited i think to do it and to get out of life in plastic as an era yeah i'm ready (laughs) to touch on life on life in plastic one time Mm -hmm. i will say what is real anymore has literally been in my like top five songs of the year that's so nice that's so um interesting to me because obviously like it's like uk garage vibe you know two step and that kind of didn't have a it wasn't really a thing here was it at all no it only like i think it's just now beginning people over here with pink panthers and ah yeah 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 i love her new song love on the barbie soundtrack gorgeous with the the, like irish fiddle yes a bit like the cause slash bewitched genius yeah i said that to all my friends yesterday and i was like this is very me i need a fiddle on my new album i mean very, very on par with being in Sweden and nature. Very, yeah, it is actually. And whatnot. Yeah, a bit like Midsummer. Like Midsummer is hip- a beautiful name for an album hippie. too. Well, I am actually going on Midsummer, like literally on June the twenty third. So really, yeah. So I feel like it's there's gonna be loads of elements happening. We're gonna get really drunk. Can't wait. Love it. I love that. I'm like, I did all my drinking in my twenties, and then here I am. <laughs> I mean, it's for the art, so why not? But with What Is Real Anymore, what I love about that song, I love certain songs like that in terms of context that are about specifically a relationship, but also kind of are very intrinsic in a way. Like, it has to do with somebody else, but it's also very much like you're asking the question to your own self if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Like, for instance, like, context-wise, it in the like this is the highest form of compliment I could give. In context, it's like a sister to Who Owns My Heart by Miley. Like, okay, I yeah. love songs like that that take a look at a situation, maybe whether it be with somebody else or somebody external beyond them, and it makes you take a look inside of you. And it's like, yeah. wait, is it me? Is it this? So I, I just needed that. to share that. Oh, thank you. I love that. You. I, I feel like 
I remember at the time when I wrote that, I was, it was the day after Pride, and it was, I wrote it with M&EK, funnily enough, went to his studio, and I believe at Pride, like, I was maybe hooking up with someone, but his boyfriend was, like, there as well, and I remember thinking, mm. you didn't tell me you had a boyfriend, not that I would mind, because, yeah. you know, not many people do, but, um, sure, right. but it was, like, when when were you thinking of telling me the truth? It literally was like, I just you just want to know where you stand with people. And I remember coming away thinking, you know, I'm single. I don't really want to be in a relationship, but I also don't want to be like the third wheel all the time. And I just want to know what is what is real anymore. Like I just don't get it. And I told all of that to Uzo, and um, it actually started as more of a like dance pop song. And then when I was finishing it up I was like let's make this like mystique yeah <laughs> that was it so um and I I love I love singing that song I actually took it off the North American set list because I was like UK garage no one gets it let's put something else on however Sabi Souza is Canadian and she's supporting me on some of the dates mm -hmm. she's like are you doing what is real anymore I was like Genius. no she was like I fucking love that song and I was like okay for you I'm gonna put it back on so I did it in Toronto, I did it in Brooklyn last night, and I'll do it again on Sunday. Sunday, and people loved it. I was surprised. I was like, "What? Okay." Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I'm really, I'm glad you like it. Thank you. Yeah, completely. I like love that one, but like that's that's your one. That's my one. Well, we that's all have our ones. One. We all have our ones. What's your one at the moment from your own? Oh um, God! Considering you're on tour, you have a effigy. Quite yeah. It's mm. just become a world unto itself. Like, it's such a pleasure to sing. Yeah. Um, it really, like, allows me to go for it vocally, which I don't think many people realize that I can sing. Because I think with the, with the recorded versions of my songs, I, I purposefully hold back. It's a stylistic choice. I don't belt. I don't do, like, mm -hmm. any, like, melismatic stuff. I'm uh -huh. just like, let's just sing the melody. But when I do that song live, it's towards the end of the set, and I'm just like, let's fucking go for it. And it's like a big trance, like high energy banger. And I've just absolutely adored singing it. And um, all the feedback has just been, I didn't even know you had a song like that. I was like, yeah, I have mm -hmm. Effigy. So I'm, and the lyrics for that are really personal. Like it's, um, kind of like a continuation of Black Country Disco, I guess. It's like where I am now, where, where I was. And yeah, um, yeah so I, I just really love singing that. Um, and it's, it's been amazing, the reception to that is great. Mm -hmm. um, well, and I'd, like I said earlier, like with that album, it's just nice to hear like this rejuvenation because you know, I'm sick of it. <laughs> just yeah. like having people singing along is like the weirdest, most lovely sensation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, Effigy is great. Yeah. I love that you say confidently and properly that you're sick of the album in its own respect. Yeah. I think that's so <laughs> real. I love, because I can't stand people that... I'm not going to bullshit. It is like a lot of repetitive yeah. monotony. And I love the songs. I'm proud of them. I love singing them. But I'm, a, I'm an artist first and foremost, and I really crave writing and, and doing something mm -hmm. new and it's annoying to be inspired but not ha not able to do anything about it yeah the songs are like a co-worker too how i see it like kind for of, a yeah. fan it's like 
for me going into, you know, music is things that I'm listening to on my way to a party, going to work, like starting my day, crying over a guy too. Like it's all memories that still somehow satiate something in me. Mm. Whereas I think what people don't understand an artist, it's like, this is their work mm -hmm. in the beginning. It's great. It's a lovely time. Like I said, the coworker example, you guys hit it off in the beginning, but then the more and more you see them, you'll have great days and you're, you know, you're cordial and civil, but you're kind of like, okay, Hey Sarah, <laughs> like you kind of just, yeah, day by day, but and there's certain things that respark or reignite that. Which relationship. is the tour. That's the thing. The tour is like breathing new life into the songs, which mm -hmm. is really nice, and it has been um, like quite life affirming actually. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like before the tour, it was hard to get excited about the set list, if mm. that makes sense. And uh, also because like Valid. with Black Country Disco, like I f I found those songs really difficult to sing live. Um, mm. Not because I'm like particularly emotional, but um, you kind of have to like drudge up quite horrible feelings and thoughts when you're singing about something that you've been through, which yep. I think you can see that in many artists, you know, they they get quite upset on stage. I'm not quite there, but I was, find, I was finding that the Revenge Body Tour, like that was difficult because mm. it was like the first time I'd done anything live and um, and yeah, it's just like this whole album. That's why I had to call it like the Revenge Body Tour because I had to like make it a bit tongue in cheek. Yeah. But it was quite difficult doing that. Yeah, I, I think people don't realize that again about artists like singing those songs like that comes from their life, mm. you know? It's hard. I have moments where I'm like, I think I could come into an episode and be brave and be completely vulnerable and honest mm. and I'll bring up something that like I never thought I'd bring up. and I. I don't feel choked up, but I'm like, ooh, like I feel myself yeah, getting, getting to that. Up. Yeah, I'm just like, wow, Limit. it's just like a lot to process. Yeah, and like you, I, when it, when I got off the stage, I'd be like, I wouldn't, yeah, necessarily be like really happy. I'd just be like, yeah, okay, but um, I don't have that with life in plastic, really. Um, I think that's what I love about that, though. It was the exhale you needed. Totally, yeah, that's how it feels, 100. percent But there's 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 good and bad in, in all of it, really. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely um, excited to for you to see the show. I feel like you'll, so you'll get a sense of it straight away. And it'll be the I'm last excited. one as well, so I'm just like, fuck. Okay, let's go crazy. End it with a bang. Yeah, exactly. I hope someone brings poppers to the venue. Oh, I got you. <laughs> my, my deli right around the corner has they poppers. They sell it. Absolutely. Oh, I they sell, I, I live in Bushwick. They sell poppers everywhere do they they do yes. in england but they didn't in canada so i was like okay really because mm, i thought they were quite liberal there but really see enough. i'm not a poppers girl anymore but for you i will bring plenty i'm not as well like it is a bit of a joke but it's just funny last show yeah yeah last show i don't want to like pass out on stage no yeah poppers are interesting i i came to a shocking realization that i i thought i was getting too old for them a few years ago I was like, what really a few years ago so you would have been like 24 or something like that. Yeah, I was having relations with this one guy and I took a hit of it and I just felt like my brain was going to explode and not in the way that we consciously take them for, but in yeah. a way where I was like, oh my gosh, my like brain goo might be all over this man's nice apartment. Yeah. What's gonna happen if I do that? And I was on top of him and I'm just like, just give me a second. Oh my God. And I was like, that's the worst. Never ever again. That's yeah. fair enough. Yeah, That's it's kind of like enough. when you have a bad drinking experience and like if you smell vodka from afar, you're like, yeah, what's that? I actually, I'm the same as you. Like I don't really use them 
during relations. I feel like it's quite intense to do that. I feel like in a party situation, it's more fun. Because like you're up and about, you can breathe. You're not like doing a workout, which is what happens. Literally having sex. And it's quite hard to catch your breath when you're like red in the face. (laughs) No, a a million percent. Some people love it though. They're like, get it. Yeah, some people need it. Like you see it on the nightstand ready. I'm like, no. Good for you. You do what you have to do. If you communicate with me well enough, we have proper lubrication and you take your fucking time, we could get to where we need to be. We don't need those. Yeah. We'll take them after to celebrate. Yeah. They sell them behind the bar in this bar in Paris and they are the, they're the strongest. At the I've, bar. Yeah. I've, they're the strongest poppers I've ever had in my life. I don't know how, really? like, I don't know what percentage of what it was in, but mm. it was like, you just need a whiff. And I was like, whoa, it's horrible. But quite funny. Just sniff it from afar. I remember it was right before the pandemic. It was 2019. It was Charlie X, Charlie XX's self-titled yes. tour. When she had that little bob. Mm-hmm. And she did a lot of swearing on stage. I remember. Yes, exactly. And before the show started, my friend spilled her poppers in her bag. Oh, that's the worst. And so the whole bag stunk. Just reeked. And yeah. what did us degenerates do? Pass the bag no, around. We're like really disgusting. Oh my God. Like truly disgusting behavior. You dropped a little bit of cream there, just fell out. I dropped away. Some cream. Some cream. Yeah, what is that? It's like toothpaste or something. Oh, my aquaphor. <laughs> I was like, hold on now. I know we're talking about poppers, but I know I'm know, not that loose cream? today. But KY jelly just fell out. Not KY jelly falling out of my Air Force ones. Oh my goodness. That's funny that you keep it there. Yeah, I, I just consider it quite like thotty of me. I'll either like have it there or I'll tuck it in my thigh. Mm. I don't know. It kind of makes me feel hot in a really weird way. <laughs> I don't know. I, love I that. just it's like me with my vape. <laughs> I don't have it. Love. No, yeah. I'm like I just put it in random compartments or like I'm that kind of girl where like I'll put my lip gloss like behind my ear when oh, I'm wow. at the club. I love that. If it's thin enough and I kind of feel hot You're when like I do that. It from putting it back. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm wearing something <laughs> that's rather chesty, I'll just stick it right back in my tit. <laughs> and everyone's just like, Oh, can I get some? And I'm like, No. This is I love that properly for me. But I do want to ask you too. One of my last few questions. I yes. hope I'm not holding you back. Not either. at all, no. Doll. But who are you like when you're writing? Are you the type where you get inspired with, like, say you're having, like, a really good point in your life? Yeah. Are you somebody that gets inspired by, like, overly positive feelings? Or are you somebody, like, where something shitty happens? You're like, oh, the juices are flowing. Cause I think for me, it's the, the latter for me. Yeah. Um... That being said, like I am excited to write album three at quite a high point in everything. Good. Although I've had quite a tough year, like it has been like a last of my nan this year. So there's like a real underlying sadness constantly. You know, it's quite difficult. Um, seeing my mom so upset um, all the time, which is completely understandable and I'm still upset. So like there's that underlying sense of sadness, but also like, I'm really happy with how this tour has gone. I think, I don't know if I've ever had like a point in my life where there hasn't been both going on at the same time. Like Mm. I think everybody, if you scratch the surface, there's always something. Um, We're all going through something. So I I feel like I can tap into whatever sadness might be there. And if it isn't like particularly like, you know, with Life, Life in Plastic, I tapped into things that had happened 
ages ago. Mm. Um, you know, like Thessaloniki was written about something that happened in 2010. Um, Effigy as well is quite, yeah. But I, I feel like it's easier to write when you're going through some shit, definitely. Yeah. Like Black Country Disco is like bang, bang, bang. Right. Um, and Life in Plastic was quite easy to write as well, but we were in the pandemic, so everybody was mad back then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, this will be the first time I've approached an album at like quite a high point in my mental health, like my personal life, like career. Everything feels like it's okay. Um, apart from, yeah, with everything that's going on with my nan. So we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited, but I personally I like music that's about heartbreak and shit things happening. Same. Like you know, if you go through any of my playlists, I don't think there's anything out and out happy. Um, maybe one or two things, but yeah, it's all just like woe is me. <laughs> I'm the same way. Whether it be like explicitly sad, like a melodrama, or it's hidden like a yeah amuna and after laughter by paramore yeah. like that kind of vibe a very crying on the dance floor type crying vibe. on the dance floor i mean not to bring it back to madison beer oh always this is the this is the beer can podcast beer Go can ahead. beer belly but i <laughs> love that song because i identify with it in a really strong way and she's like with someone but they are like going home to someone else i think that's the tr the, yeah. the crux of the matter and Another year, we're still here. I feel like that from my old relationship. It was like, just stay together for the sake of it. Do you know what mm. I mean? And I, I really get that with that album, with that song. I'm like, wow, she's hit the nail on the head. Whatever she's going through. No, I agree. And I, going back to what is real anymore, I think that Who Owns My Heart and Madison's new song mm. are that kind of song, writing-wise and context-wise, that I live for. Do you know what I was told in one of my first songwriting sessions? Mm -hmm. Um, I was told, I feel like, I can't remember what the lyrics were, but s some A&R was like, the song's great, we love the melody, we like most of the lyrics, but it's too weak. Like, you sound like you're allowing this person to, like, walk all over you and do whatever you want. And I was like, yeah, that's well, the concept. Yes. Like, what are you talking about? And that was probably the first time where I was like, it was like a chink in my armor. I was like, I can't deal with other people, like, giving me their opinions on something that I've personally put out there and I'm giving to this artist yeah. and your manager's telling me that, oh, she wouldn't sing that because it's quite weak. And I'm like, well, fuck off. Like, I'm sorry. There's no... Exactly. There's... Pop music has to be vulnerable. Like, n no one's going to connect to, like, someone being like, I'm the best, unless it's like Nicki Minaj. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, that bullshit bravado. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. I want, like, vulnerability. I want a bit of weakness. As I long as agree. like you come through the other side, it's fine. That's what I'm saying. And I don't think like it's, you know, common cliche, but it's like I don't think showing signs of weakness or vulnerability is necessarily a bad thing. No. If anything that's strong, that means you're confident in your in your art enough to express it. One hundred percent. It's also a just it's a valid emotion. And I like the idea of like I love listening to a song and if it's about a relationship and the artist is clearly just down bad in the relationship mm. and it or the situation they're in like escapism by right that's literally just her being like yeah bruv shit's rough like mm -hmm. shit is horrible she has literally a song called a heart out here that's about the same thing 
it's her detailing her no pun intended but shit position she was in mm -hmm. and and i love that about it i like seeing these people that we put on pedestals as humans too through the fucking work that they're meant to be mm. doing you know like i love that personally that's for me when i fall in love with an artist because i'm like oh that's you girl okay yeah, me I got too. You. you're not just a when you connect to them girl. and you kind of you see that they're like you mm -hmm. and if that's you know sometimes you look to other pop stars because you want to be made to feel great and you know that's when you listen to like cardi b or whatever because they're yeah. like so confident that it just makes you really amped up and it's amazing mm -hmm. but when you're going through something you want to know that other people have been through that as well yeah and that's why you kind of listen to songs like that because you're like yeah this is what i'm going through right now exactly and you need both because even cardi has songs where she's literally she's you know down bad and she's expressing that she's a mm -hmm. song called be careful where it's talking about her getting cheated on by offset she says whole life whole life gave my life to a piece of shit like mm -hmm. she's being like yeah that's not his fault that's me i'm wow. the one that voluntarily very, very put myself. vulnerable of her isn't it to do that and i i love that about artists i think charlie xx is another excellent example of somebody who does that well her whole life like i've just like i'm a huge charlie and i just always have loved her writing she has a song on Crash called How Can I Not Know What I Need Right Now mm -hmm. that I'm obsessed with. It's like the quarter-life crisis anthem of okay. my life, even though I think she's past her quarter-life era. But still, it's just her just being completely vulnerable, her being like, yeah, life is great, tour is doing well, but what am I doing? Right. What okay. am I doing at all? Yeah, this era is shiny and gorgeous, and it's my mainstream era, but what is this mm -hmm. at the end of the day? Uh, I love it. I love when an artist just puts it all down, could still package it mm -hmm. in the packaging we're used to seeing them in, but the context through it, mm -hmm. I love that. I need to channel that. I like it. I love that. I'm like a, I, I like, um, I go on, what is it? Like the Genius app and everything. I love songs oh, that yeah. I could annotate and be like, what are they thinking? How can I somehow selfishly relate it to my life and what I'm going through? Mm. And then how can I, make what they're talking about into a whole other story. That's the whole point in pop music, I think. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I think so. I'm so happy you came. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy you I could genuinely, I mean, like, you do this, like, not only, like, do you perform and you're a singer and you're an artist, but, like, you also have a podcast yourself. So, like, I could generally talk to you for hours, hon. We need to go out. Yeah, well, we will on Sunday. We will on Sunday. Yeah. Do I'm you have to do anything on Monday morning? You know what? I mean, no. I'm flying back to the UK at 9 p.m. on Monday. So then I'll do anything for yeah, you. Yeah, so I'm okay. I'm not doing anything Monday. I think Monday, if anything, well, I'm filming later at night. So like, I'll be completely fine. It's worth it regardless. I think I finish about 11:30, so we can. Go, I think Metropolitan is still open. That's Love quite close. The Purgatory, Purgatory. Mm-hmm. Like a little cab ride. So we'll probably go somewhere like that. Um, afterward. I love it. And hopefully I'll get to London soon. Yeah, you need to come. It's great. I would love to. Hey, it's basically, it is like New York, but less buildings. <laughs> Perfect. Because I, when, I, when I got off the train just now, I was like, I just felt it feels very familiar. So, mm. like the way things work. You go to Chicago and it feels very American because mm. everybody's in their cars. Well, no, not so much. I mean, they do have the... L train though. I know what you mean though. They're more familiarized with like their suburban outside yeah. areas. Yeah. It feels like a bit more not European here, but like 
people walk, people catch the train. Mm-hmm. And that's really familiar to me. People commute on like a shitty train. Yeah, it's like proper metropolitan Yeah, up here. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I just wish, I just wish like I had more time to like really enjoy myself. But mm-hmm. it's difficult. Also, I wish the weather was nicer as well because yeah. it's not great. Although I don't know. I think it was about to rain when I got here. I think it might earlier today. Oh, dear. Later in the summer, though, it gets nice. Like July is always really nice. It's hot. But it's nice. You should, if you ever want, you should come and record New York. Oh, you mean my album? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or just to dibble and dabble. So I was talking to a guy last night um, who owns, like, a guest house in Fire Island Pines. Mm. And he was saying they want to put on, like, a live music thing. And he said, would I like to do it? And I said... Yeah, I mean, you just have to pay for me to come over. That's all. Exactly. So maybe I could do it then. Um, But yeah, it'd be great. Like I said, like, the tour that I've just done is is definitely helped, like, inspire me to think of things to write about. Mm. Because I was worried. I was like, what am I going to write about? But I feel like my life is interesting enough that people will want to (laughs) know. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about it. It sounds like you, like I said, like you've had like both sides of the coin from first album to second album where now like I'm ready to hear kind of unfiltered Tom, but still put through beautiful production and everything. Yeah, we'll see. Always still put together to be sonically cohesive and perfect and whatnot. Thank you. But Bless you. No, bless you. Really, like, Mm. thank you for coming. I have like... So many friends that I told about this, and I was like, Thomas coming to the show, and they're like, No way. Really? Aww. Yes, plenty. Don't be silly. You friends. should um, invite them on Sunday. <laughs> oh, I will. The more the merrier. Just oh, let me know. I will definitely bring them. Genuinely, whenever you're here, you're always welcome. Thank you so much. Even back at my place in Bushwick, because I know you're familiar with there. If you'd ever love to come by and well, see I'm the dogs, feel I'm free. staying with my friend Bentley, who is supporting me, Bentley yes. Robles. Um, and I feel like, I don't think he's Bushwick. I think he's close to, is it Prospect? Yep. I think there. Okay, quite close. Like quite close. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be in Brooklyn, basically. Beautiful. For the next three days. Um, after here, I'm, I'm going to meet my friend. She lives in Manhattan. She's from the small town that I'm from, which is really bizarre. Wow. Um, and then what time is it? Oh, it's not even three. So, yeah, um. And then I've got to go to Bentley's before he goes to work at seven. I might even go to his bar tonight because he makes margaritas. And I'm like, yeah. Get yourself one. My reader friend, Lily, as well. She is doing, like, cabaret at Club Coming, I think. Really? Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. So um, she's, I hate saying a fan of mine, but she's she's been following my music yeah. for, like, ten years. And... Um, I met her for the first time last night and I was like, oh, it's so nice to see you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she invited me to there. So I, I think that'll probably be about 10 p.m. But I need to have a night off. Jesus, like yeah. I haven't stopped. It has been literally Lady Gaga club, another club. Plane, <laughs> bus. bus, club. It has, honestly, these gays. They're trying to kill us. Literally, I yeah. honestly, 
I had such a nice time in Chicago and Toronto, and I just know that it's continuing here, so. Oh, yeah. New York Pride Month is no joke. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a bit overwhelming, but, you know. Yep. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a really nice time. I have no idea what I'm doing tomorrow. I think the girl, Sabby, who's supporting me, mm -hmm. she's she's doing something, so I might see her. And then Sunday, like, maybe I should just get going for a brunch or something. And then my show is, we, we need to be there normally about seven. Mm. Uh, yeah. Like a park day or something lovely during yeah, the day. Yeah, I feel like the weather might brighten up at some point. Yeah. Because it's meant to be, like, partly sunny tomorrow. Today was meant to rain all day. It still hasn't, like, rained that heavily. Mm -hmm. Like, when I was walking here, it was, like, spitting a little yeah. But, um... When I went to KFC, it was still quite dry. It was quite funny, actually, <laughs> in KFC. The woman, like, who was serving us, she was so overwhelmed. So, it's yeah, it's a new location, you can tell, because the staff are shit. They don't know what's happening. And me and, like, these two women were, like, waiting for our order, and she's like, are they killing the chickens? Like, it was... <laughs> <laughs> are they plucking the chickens? I was like, yeah, they literally are. But the burger was good. Love that. Stunning, yeah. I feel like I've had culinary delights in New York. Plenty, actually. So when I go to London, we'll go and get proper KFC from. Yeah, I'll take you in a drive-through. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll give dream. you the full experience. Get you a Zynga Tower, box meal. Uh, spicy. Stop. Yeah, get I'm some like, spicy wings. Uh, I'm gushing over food on camera. Uh, I mean, come on, we all eat. Yes, we do. Yes, we do, baby. We have to. Uh, so what, uh, with uh, this today, what happens next? Like, do we, uh, do I need to do anything? Or do I need to no, fill in any forms? Or do you need, You've like... You've done all that you needed to do. Okay. You're just here. You don't I'm need gonna... to, me to, like, introduce anything, or it just happens? It just happens. Okay. It just happens. I, like, I usually let, like, the chats... And naturally, I was about to do that. Oh, shit, okay. Oh, no, you're completely fine. But, yeah, nothing. Like, I usually give this chat after, but, like, I make, like, little social clips and blah, 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 and I send them over to you or I send them through an Instagram collab. I... It all happens By the way, either way. I do have some Life in Plastic merch, but <gasps> I didn't bring it because I couldn't because I took all my stuff to my friends where I'm staying. So, on Sunday, I'll... I'll I'll put something aside for you. you Thank can, you. You're welcome. You I can have a cassette that. and a CD. <gasps> Deserved. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, I just got new like holsters for my vinyls and CD oh, collection and everything. So perfect timing, my love. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. I believe you're my first international guest. Really? I believe. Yeah. Wow, that's an honor. Yeah, you're the first of... UK pop music greatness oh, to bless the show. And I, as you could tell, I cherish UK pop music greatness. Yeah, so well, what an honor. Right. Thank Please you so summon much. everyone else to join here. I will. I mean, as well, it has been an absolute pleasure and it's been really nice to um, talk about everything that I've done because it's been quite almost therapeutic to like lay it all out. See it. Yeah. And especially on like the night, the day after my first show in New York and 
almost the last night of the tour. Like it feels like a really nice way to like end the tour. So thank you for having me. It's been lovely. Thank you, my love. You're welcome. I appreciate you. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. Please stream Tom. And Please. we'll be on the lookout for the next album. My next album, album three, coming to Spotify 2024. All of it. <laughs> I, I'm already going to be at the next tour and everything. It's going to so. be wild. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.